0: Hello, and welcome to this Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Brim, Community Manager for Sheffield Digital. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whichever podcast player that you particularly choose to use. You can also get more information by going to sheffield.digital slash podcast. Uh, this is a slightly different episode to the five previous ones we've recorded. The first half will be an interview that I did with Bella Abrams, the Chief Information Officer at the Sheffield College. Um, I talked to her about all sorts of things, including their recent partnership with uh, us at Sheffield Digital, and um, some general thoughts on um, on kind of the digital sector and jobs and other things too. So that's the first part of it. Uh, the second half of the show will be um, a conversation between the other two, as I like to call them. That's uh, Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond. They'll be talking about all sorts of stuff, including the upcoming first digital conference in Sheffield, and, um, and all the other stuff that's been going on in the city since you last heard from us. And I think that's it. I shall now pass you on to, uh, well, me, and uh, Bella Abrams. So hi, Bella, and thanks for joining us today. Um, could you tell us a bit about uh, your role at the college um, and your background? How did you get here? How did this, uh, how, did, how are we here?
1: <laughs> um, well, I've been here since April um, and I'm the CIO at Sheffield College. And as far as I know, I'm the first CIO that any FE college has had in uh, the UK, which is good. But it means that my role is a slight gamble. So um, what I do is I look after the IT. I look after the student records and all of the data I've got a development team and I also look after all of the exams and, and sitting of exams so I don't just have a traditional technical role I've got quite an administrative one which is a, a bit out of my comfort zone before I came to Sheffield College I was at Hull College which is um, a really big college in uh, in Hull obviously but does a lot of stuff across the north of England and I was director of technology there which is slightly more in my comfort zone and before that I was 15 years at Learn Direct in Sheffield so most of my background background. background is in software development, project management, uh, business analysis and implementation and now I kind of do end-to-end but most of what I do is strategy. So I'm here to help Sheffield College kind of embrace digital, use technology to best effect and to improve the student experience and make it more fit for purpose for the 21st century.
0: And was that was that a job advertised like that? Is that, um, that seems like quite a forward-thinking uh, job advertisement. So
1: yeah, Paul Corcoran and the governors here are very forward-thinking. The, um, the vice-chair of governors has a background in learning technology. Um, Paul has come from industry rather than education, so he understands about how technology can transform a business. So I'm. it's a, in complete contrast to Hull, uh, where um, technology was seen as a scary thing that Bella did. Uh, this is much more embraced as um, something that's going to change the way that the college works and it'll improve outcomes for students the other thing I'm really interested in is helping staff to be more productive and I think technology is definitely a way that we can do that
0: and how have the staff been was it, it a new role
1: it's a brand new role okay. yeah um, do they get it uh, yes is,
0: is, um, is there a level of explaining that you yeah. have to do yeah
1: and at the moment I'm seen as the person that's here to make IT better and and I think we've got a very transactional IT department at the moment you call them up if you've got a problem and they solve it kind of encouraging the college to see technologies and enable as my role and one of the reasons I'm so talkative and enthusiastic about technology is because it's important for me to do that and to get out and about and to help people see how they could change the way that they work there's loads of good practice already here that's kind of evolved over a period of time, a lot of the the, the curriculum staff use a lot of Google and a lot of G Suite um, we do have, we've got a virtual learning environment, there's a lot of things but it's it can be quite patchy and we've not invested enough in the infrastructure and classroom technology to actually allow students to have a baseline experience. That's one of the things that I'm going to be doing in the first instance, is kind of saying one student, one device, and making sure that they can use technology in the classroom. And if you can't rely on that, then um, you can't necessarily use technology to, to change the student experience. That's one of the big things that I'm going to do. So what, what,
0: we, what were you doing at Learn Direct? Because that's obviously... a, a totally yeah. online a well-known Sheffield well yeah, yeah but also a really well-known Sheffield company so how who's had
1: bother recently so yeah <laughs> yeah. what did I do at Learn Direct well yeah. um,
0: I'm just wondering how you get like being a, it, it seems like you know quite a, a, a unique position What well, you just said it was a unique position I just wonder about the the journey?
1: So I started at Learn Direct. I graduated from Sheffield Uni um, in the last century and um, went to teach English on a tropical island um, for a year. And when I came back, I literally had no idea what I was going to do. I had a history degree. I just kind of assumed that I'd be a teacher. And then I'd spent a year teaching English on that island and I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. And I literally got a temp job at Learn Direct and um, was inputting stuff onto their brand new online learning system and I figured out how it worked and they decided that um, they wanted someone who could do that Uh, so I stayed and I ended up just kind of wending my way through things I did product testing did software testing uh, did um, project management for systems development so mainly building and changing the big IT systems that we use to deliver the learning at LearnDirect and the thing that I'm really passionate about is making sure that people who want to learn can learn in the way that's most appropriate for them. And the bonus of working at Learn Direct was online learning meant that people who were in different circumstances, who'd not had a great time at school, they could maybe change their approach to education. And that's why I'm in Effie now working at Sheffield College, because it's the same thing. Most of the students here have got a not academic background, they'd maybe be going on to university if they were more traditionally academic. We've got students here who want to do vocational things, they want to practice their skills, they want to be the best that they can be, and technology can help them achieve those aims, I think.
0: And do you have a particular vision for the college? Is, is there is there, some, is there kind of a a place that you're aiming for? Or
1: Well... It's back to my point about um, a vocational thing. So whether you want to be a software developer, whether you want to be a bricklayer, whether you want to be um, a graphic designer, you don't come to college to sit in a classroom and hear someone talk about being those things. You want to practice your skills most of the time. So part of me wants to make sure that the theory... Um, takes place wherever the student wants the theory to take place so they can use so that it could be in a classroom if that's how they want to work or it could be in um, a shared study space it could be at home in the bedroom it could be working on projects with their friends but that we spend most of the time here giving them the opportunity to practice and hone their vocational skills in the right kind of studio space so that's what we're hoping to do with the software the um, apprenticeship that we're offering is that we're going to create a working environment that's much more like a workplace for our software developers, rather than they come here and they sit in classrooms and someone tells them how to do things.
0: And is that how it has been?
1: Um, often in FE generally, I think that's yeah. how it is, and, and in some areas that model works quite well. Um, but actually, kind of encouraging lecturers to think. That actually you could teach in different ways that's an important thing to do and also with new with things that haven't been traditionally done by FE colleges you can you can do it with different and new approaches and apprentice, apprentices who spend most of their time in the workplace want their learning to be more like it is in their workplace so that's what we want to do is we want to ape the working environment.
0: I think that's that seems like quite a sensible idea mm-hmm. I was going to ask how, how they keep up I mean this must be just a case for any any kind of uh especially software development course. Like how do you keep up with what's changing? Surely the curriculum is liable to change at any time? you?
1: Well, and so the, the new apprenticeship framework, which is what we're going to be offering um, as part of uh, these conversations that we're going to be having with Sheffield Digital, has been written by employers. So we we are responding to what employers want, and that's the conversation that we want to have with Sheffield Digital members at the moment. Which is, if you were to think about having an apprentice, how would you want that apprentice to do their learning? So you know, would you like it to be day release, which is the more traditional thing, or would it be in week blocks? Or um, you know, um, what would you like to see the apprentice work on in the workplace? But what would you also like to see the college offering on the -the off-the-job training? So we've got some ideas that we know are part of the standard that we're we're going to offer to employers but also we want to kind of personalize it to Sheffield and make sure that Sheffield employers get what they want as well keeping up is really hard particularly with uh, with technology and a big part of that is going to be working closely with employers to make sure that we are doing that and investing in our staff to make sure that they've got the right skills as well
0: yeah and uh, in terms of uh in terms of the relationship with Sheffield Digital is there anything specific that that uh, employers or even individuals who are who are who are kind of working in the sector already is there anything that you particularly want them to do or you would like them to do a...
1: I think what what I'm most excited about working with Sheffield Digital and Sheffield Digital employers is that we can do something that's genuinely innovative in Sheffield that works well for Sheffield employers digital employers and people um, that want to learn and work and study with us because I think there's something really, really exciting about saying as a city we all want to work together and collaborate. so employers, educational institutions, staff and students all work together to create something that means we can train people to work most effectively in the digital sector because it's not an easy it's not an easy thing. We're quite used to as employers getting people who are already ready made. And then that means that we're just on a merry-go-round of people because no new blood gets into the market. So we're just poaching people off off other organisations. And I know that's happening in Sheffield at the moment. So actually what we want to do is inject new talent into the city to grow it and that work together with employers, the college, universities, to grow that talent to make sure that it's actually um, coming from the city and then reinvested in the city. And then more employers, hopefully, would then come and join us.
0: Yeah, in, I think it's... Um... An ideal situation for me, if I cast my mind back a long time ago, it's the idea of being having the opportunity to work in more than one company. Because yeah. if you the company that you join first, I think is so important as a someone working in the digital sector. It was the design, I guess, combination of both of me, but design and digital. But it's. Um, at least, such an imprint on you that, like the the culture yep. and and the type of projects, how you react to problems, the particular like languages that they use, all that kind of thing. So the idea that they can work in more than one is that is that the plan? Is that
1: no? Um, well, not formally. So the way that apprenticeship works is, you are an apprentice in a company. That's right, yeah. But one of the things we've been talking about is to harness the meetup culture that already exists yes. in Sheffield to allow those apprentices to apprentices to share their experience and to do project work together that then forms part of the apprenticeship that they do with their employer. So that's one of the other things we want to talk to people about is how can we create a collaborative culture across Uh, different employers, but where the apprentices are having a shared experience at Sheffield College, and then we can start to see whether they get benefits of working on projects where it's shared between those employers.
0: You say uh, that you talk about working with other educational institutions. Do you do that already?
1: we're we're forming links so um obviously sheffield digital is a big part of um how we're developing our apprenticeship strategy at the moment and that's a level four apprenticeship so that's for people that are 18 and over um and we're assuming that you have it's the equivalent of a levels and then beyond um and it is possible to do degree level apprenticeships and we know that hallam have offered those yes, yes. so we're hoping that there's a pathway Um, in between what we do and what Hallam do um, and we are talking to them about it at the moment but the the thing for me is to kind of say to employers graduates aren't the only the only option that you you guys have in the market at the moment if if employers pay into the levy then it's a way for them to get that money back and i don't know how many sheffield digital employers pay into the levy i I assume a few but even if you're not a levy payer it's actually quite a cost effective way of taking someone over a one or two year period and getting their skills built up
0: It might be worth talking about what the levy means. What the levy is.
1: So the levy is a a new government thing where where you have a wage bill over a certain amount, you pay 3% of that wage bill into a levy fund, and you only get that back if you um, use that money to pay for apprenticeship training in your business. Uh, Smaller businesses aren't affected by the levy, but larger ones are. And it's surprising how how um, medium you could be to actually end up being a levy payer.
0: I know that I've done a bit of work around the levy. It can be quite confusing, but bit, I, yeah. I think for companies, it does seem like, is the, is the, the perception that taking on an apprentice or, or doing the kind of things that you're talking about is actually either expensive or almost... You know,
1: I think for digital companies, it's not the norm. Mm. so um if you talk to more traditional engineering companies in sheffield liberty steel for example we have contracts with gripple i uh, don't know if you know gripple to yeah. make a really cool thing love gripple um gripple uh, do a lot of automation they do a lot of robotics they take on apprenticeships um as as part of how they train their staff that's the norm for them uh, liberty Steel, the same um and we're hoping that the, the apprenticeships will become the norm for software developers as well as another entry point for uh, working in software. Grad, we're not trying to compete with graduates. Um, it's a, there's a market for graduates that have been to university. What we're saying to people that are 18 that want to work in technology, this is another way for you to earn as you learn. Um, and if you aren't necessarily prepared to get yourself into an incredible amount of debt, which is what university is at the moment, you can work and learn at the same time. And you can do that in Sheffield with this apprenticeship as well.
0: I think um, encouraging to go to meetups seems like a really exactly, good idea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there, there are so many, it feels like this, the scene, as it, as it were, yeah. is, is becoming more Uh, more and more active Um, do you know if your students already go to those
1: uh, Um, I'm not aware of it I was talking to the computer science guys about it the other day our internal staff go to meetups and I go to meetups but um, I think um, the culture of um, kind of digital Sheffield hasn't quite reach the college in the way that we'd want it to but that's something that we would um, we'd really like to encourage almost I think it'd be really what? good to have a meetup for apprentices
0: I was going to say is yeah, there anything that's, th- that's
1: my that's my aim
0: is there anything that the people that organize the meetups can do to encourage uh, college students. That
1: would be great because at the moment we've got lots of level three What can we do? How can we do it? Let's do a meetup. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it, it, for the guys that are already um, on apprenticeships already, the level threes, having a meetup just to build their confidence and to meet people in the city and um, already do what they do would be a really good kind of um, careers uh, building opportunity for them and networking. The other thing I think is is kind of encouraging other people into different STEM careers as well, because um, you know STEM is broader than uh, just digital, and there's a lot of engineering and advanced manufacturing in the city. So thinking about where the crossover between digital and advanced manufacturing and other things are, and trying to build confidence and extra skill in those areas as well, we're really interested in too.
0: Fantastic. Have I got time to ask you one more question? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And finally, I just uh, wanted to ask you about uh, what you think uh, about the diversity in tech. Um, and the question here it says, and "This is um, this is written by Mel," although I wholeheartedly support it, of course. Um, but the, the wording is, "What do you think should be done about it?" Which rather preempts what your, your opinion is in <laughs> well, first place.
1: Diversity is a very broad thing. Um, when I when I go to industry. Gatherings for people in education that do my role, I probably say it's about five or six percent women. And um majority, I would say, is white men of a certain age. So yeah. um, that's the norm for me. But at the same time, it's not to say that um diversity technology allows people to um approach work in lots of different ways. So um, inclusion is a really interesting thing that we're particularly looking at in the college about how we can make sure that students who've got a variety of, of issues can be included in the work that they do at college and I think that that's something that, that is easier to do uh, weirdly than kind of change gender balances or or other balances in the workplace I think the main thing to do is, is to have people who are slightly more unusual uh, to talk about um how they arrived in their career that they've ended up doing. So I'm doing a, a, a mentoring event for girls in STEM on Friday to talk to girls who are probably, I think, 14 to 16 about so working in technology. Monster confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, mm-hmm. I think, is, you know, it's not it's not going to help me get on with the work that I'm doing this week, but if I could encourage three or four girls to think about working in IT, then happy days. And I think, you know, there's, there's a big part of uh, being a woman that works in IT that wants to encourage other women to uh, kind of... I think about it as a career. One of the other things we're thinking about with this apprenticeship as well is encouraging women who are maybe um at a different point in their life to retrain as coders. Okay. So um you know an apprenticeship isn't just for 18 year olds. An apprenticeship could be for anyone. It's more about harnessing opportunities in the city to think about what you want to do as your career. And we're almost trying to Ape, the boot camps that you know the online boot camps for retraining and i know that's hitting in america a lot of women are retraining and using those boot camps and we'd like to offer the same thing to to women and men in the city who are thinking about changing careers
0: um, i know mel went to um uh, uh an event at uh digital garage yeah. google digital garage it's quite hard to say um for women in tech and yeah. f- from that she couldn't
1: make that one but yeah
0: right well from that she's talking about setting up a um, a, a, like a regular, a regular mm. thing. That would be good. Do you have many college students coming through? Uh, is it all white men? Yeah, girls. Or, um, mm-hmm. No,
1: we don't have as many girls as we like. Right. Um, and we are talking a lot about how we can get into schools quite a lot earlier than we do, because I think the conversation about when you decide what you want to be happens pre your choices for GCSE. So we'd want to have, and we're looking at it more broadly from STEM, so it's not just IT, but having a conversation with a girl before she's 14 saying actually you could do engineering or you could do maths or you could do science or you could do technology all of those things it's important because obviously the the external things that ensure that you choose which which course you take in your life are as important as your parents and your friends and other people in those decisions so having role models or people that you've had conversations with at an early point in your career is really important so that's what we're going to be trying to do
0: fantastic and how can employers or anyone get in touch with you if they want to kind of follow up
1: um get me at sheffield college um i am um, i'm emailed i'm on twitter so um i'm bella abrams on twitter you can find me there um and um just i think otherwise email address email address is ah. bella. abrams
2: at uk.
0: marvellous well thank you very much
2: chris and i are trying to figure out how to lead into this without ian to guide us so i'm just wittering on for a little bit until i turn to chris and say chris tell us how things are going with sheffield's first annual digital conference
3: yeah the other complexity is we only have one microphone so this is going to be in sequence rather than in parallel um so yeah the conference um it's going really well. Um, one thing I can do is announce the speakers. Um, so our keynote uh, this should be this should be announced in public by the time this podcast goes out. Um, but in case you haven't heard, um, the keynote is going to be Catherine Howe, who is um, director of digital innovation at Capita. Um, and is a kind of long time, she was a um, a blogger and advocate and quite a well-known person in the um, local GovCamp scene um, from years ago. Uh, But Catherine's going to be speaking first, Um, it's going to be really interesting to see her perspective. Uh, And then we've got um, uh, Olivia Blake, who is Deputy Leader of the Council. Um, talking about um, the digital development of the city from the council and the elected and the senior elected officials' point of view, and then we're going to have uh, seven lightning talks from people talking about the domains that are in the domain model that was in the digital coalition article that Mark Gannon um, published a month or two ago. And those uh, those speakers are going to be Helen Milner, OBE. Uh, from the Good Things Foundation, talking about uh, people. Um, Mel is going to be talking about economy. Woo. Uh, Mark Gannon is going to be talking about governance. Uh, we've got Matt Proctor from Arup is going to be talking about infrastructure. Um, who else have we got? Uh, someone I'm missing. Oh, uh, Steve Hake. Who is uh, the director of the Advanced Wellbeing Research Centre? Is going to be talking about living, and Danielle Densley Tingley from um, the uh, UFlow Project—that's the uh, Urban Flows Observatory Project at the University of Sheffield—is going to be talking about resources, and that will—they will they'll then move into um, actually, hopefully. By the time this goes out, we'll have someone talking about mobility as well. We're still we're still firming that up at the moment as we're recording this. Um, but yeah, the guys at um, Danielle and the guys at Uflow are going to be announcing a, a competition, um, an innovation competition, and prize money um, for innovations that use their sensor infrastructure. Um, and we'll have Superfast South Yorkshire who will be. Um, presenting the innovation vouchers where you can also get um, money um, to part fund innovation activity in digital. Um, And they'll also be leading the first sessions in the Unconference after the break. So uh, it's a really good lineup, I think. Um, The event's sold out, I'm afraid. Um, There might be some cancellations, so there might still be some ways of getting tickets, but the demand has been absolutely massive. Um, And we're going to double the event in size next year, hopefully. Um, but we are going to be live, live streaming it. So um, at least that's the intention. So hopefully people will follow along. Um, obviously, we won't be live streaming all of the unconference workshops um, after the main thing, but everybody should um, get to see the keynotes and the lightning talks and the presentation. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome.
2: Okay, so now the mic comes back to me. Um, I'm really pleased to announce that we have a new associate sponsor, which is Benchmark. Benchmark are a recruitment company. They're based here in Sheffield. They've been going for about 11 years. There's loads of great information about them um, available on the website. And the article includes a little bit of Q&A with Louisa Harrison-Walker, who's one of the founders. And a lot of you may know Louisa because she's very active in the kind of local economy slash skills scene. Um, So we're looking forward to working in partnership with Benchmark and I hope to get one of them on this podcast in the near future so that we can grill them about what they do and their role in the tech scene in Sheffield.
3: Okay, um, we've also um, started um, the digital member survey Um, which is something that we talked about right at the beginning when we set Sheffield Digital up that we wanted to do annually or um, or that we wanted when people joined to to, um, provide them with a survey. Um, But we're now doing it for the first time and I think it's maybe a bit overdue, but it's been really fascinating to start the process of getting feedback about what we're doing and how we're doing it and how it's going down. So Mel, do you want to talk a bit more about what it's about and how it's going?
2: Okay, so the whole idea behind Sheffield Digital was that it was for the people in the businesses who make up the digital industries in Sheffield so we've always been very mindful that we don't want it just to be what you know Chris and I and the rest of the board um, and the founder members think should be happening Uh, it's an organisation for all of you out there who work in the industry and we needed to find a way to get more feedback on what you think about what we've been doing, uh, what we've been doing well, what you'd like us to do to do differently, uh, what else you'd like us to do. Um, So that's what the surveys for is to help guide us in terms of how we spend our time and spending our time is is what your membership money pays for um, in addition to paying for Ian's time to do all the community management and pull all the content together that helps us connect promote and represent so um, the information that comes in from the survey will all be fed back to our next board meeting which is on I think it's the 22nd of November and from there we'll be trying to make some actual plans about well what are we going to do in response for that and we will feel feel can't talk straight feed that back to you via the website and the newsletter so that you know, what we're going to do with that information that we've received Um, but you don't have to wait for there to be a survey in order to tell us what you think we should be doing or what you'd like to work with us to do or what you think is really good about what we do because it's nice to get some applause occasionally as well so you can always get in touch either via email info at sheffield.digital through twitter through slack um, By buying me a coffee and having a chat, any of those things will do. Um, But we want, it's really important that this is an organisation for and by the community, and we need your involvement. So uh, the next thing we want to talk about is the Meta Meetup, which uh, happened this past Monday, which won't be past Monday by the time you hear this, but never mind. Um, And unfortunately, I couldn't attend, but Chris was there, um, helped the event run, and it sounds like it was an amazing time. So Chris is going to tell you a bit more about that.
3: Uh, Yeah, so, um, well, by the time you hear this, there will be a post um, about what happened so you can go and check the write-up out um, I still need to do it uh, but it was it it was yeah it was really good it was um, very different to the first one um, for people um, who didn't hear about the first one we spent uh, Apart from the eating and drinking and chatting part of it, which is always great, we spent most of the meetup um, filling out um, the database of meetups and information in Airtable collectively, um, which was quite a process because we had over 40 people there. Um, uh, But this time it was instead of being sort of clustered around a giant screen updating information, um, we, um, after the food drink and chatting which was great again um, we sat around in a big circle um, and we talked about particular um, topics uh, that are important to the meetup community, people that run the meetups. Um, The four main topics that we talked about, as you can see in the write-up, were about how to record information or how different meetups go about recording content from the meetups and communicating it. Um, We talked about cross-promoting meetups um, in order to raise a profile. Um, We talked about um, codes of conduct and what they should contain and what they're useful for and and, and how we can make them better, and how we can really think about making our meetups much more, in, in, you know, more inclusive places for people, and reach a more diverse um, set of people. Uh, and we talked about a meetups directory, so how we how we can get um, information about meetups onto our website and 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 more widely um, available. Uh, And so I'm not going to go into detail about all those things. They're all in the the write-up, presumably, which I will have done by the time you hear this. Um, It's it's very high on my list. but one of the things that was good fun was um, that we, we used um, some ha- hand signals to con- to manage the conversation, which um, people who were there can maybe um, talk about what that was like, but it was a lot of fun. Um, so they're kind of hand signals um, some, which were adapted from what was used at the, in, in the Occupy movement um, a few years ago, where you can express whether you agree with something or disagree with something, um, whether you want to speak, um, whether you have a, would need to ask a question about something something um that someone is saying or whether you have some important piece of information that you need to add to what's being said that might uh affect what people think or how they, or what they decide um uh, and it worked really well it was uh it was a really nice way of conducting a conversation uh i meant that everybody could get a chance to speak and um everybody you know uh Uh, you know we managed to move on and cover a lot of topics in quite a lot of depth in a very short amount of time so i think even just in terms of method it worked really well um i'm really looking forward to the next one now so um well i was before but you know especially i think it's a really good format to go through these topics um
2: when is there going to be another one chris uh
3: well um i'm expecting there to be one um at the beginning of the new year um I haven't got back in touch with um, Google to see if they want to sponsor another one, but I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. So I'll try and set one up for January or February. <laughs> Mel is doing twinkles at me, which means that she agrees and is happy. <laughs> really?
2: Yeah, so hand signals really don't work on a podcast. <laughs> okay, Um Something I wanted to highlight is there's a, kind of feels like there's a jobs bonanza going on in Sheffield at the moment. Um, you may have seen there was a post on our website about Sky betting, Sky betting and Gaming's recruitment drive where they sort of did a takeover of Sheffield Station. Um, Sumo Digital have just announced that they are expanding their office in Sheffield um, and expected to hire 50 new people. We know we've had confirmation that Jet 2 are also coming to Sheffield. Um, They're taking space in Steel City House, which is up um, just at the bottom of West Street, where West Street kind of meets Church Street, I think it's called, um, which is a gorgeous building. So I'm very jealous that they're going to be in there. And we've also seen a real spike of jobs advertised on our jobs board. So what that tells me is that business is good here in Sheffield but talent is hard to find. Um, and so the interview with Bella, which I think you've either heard or will be coming along later, talks about that as well. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Barnsley Digital Media Centre, who are um, regional partners of ours, and um, we go and do events up there and connect in with the tech community in Barnsley. They have um, recently signed a deal with IoT Tribe who are going to come and run one of their IoT accelerators out of the Barnsley DMC. This is really exciting. It's really big news. Um, the DMC are currently have a, an ad out. They're looking to recruit someone to manage that accelerator, someone who's got experience of doing that kind of thing. So if that's you or you know someone, point them in the direction of um, the Barnsley dmc website i think um, or the job should be on our jobs board as well i'll check into that
3: okay and um, we have um some sheffield startups that have got through to the finals of northern stars again this year so it's the third year of northern stars i think which is tech north startup uh, accelerator program and um, mel do you want to just uh, mention who those sheffield startups are
2: I would love to. Um, So big shout outs to to Tora um, and also to Sport80, who are quite new on our radar. So Sport80, if you're out there, get in touch and tell us who you are and what you're all about. But congratulations to both of those for being in the shortlist of 20 for the Northern Stars finals, which take place in Manchester later on in November. I also wanted to give a shout out to another Sheffield startup that you probably haven't heard about called IOTech, and they do security for the Internet of Things, and they have just announced that they have been accepted onto the second GCHQ cyber accelerator, which is run in partnership with Wera So this is big news. Um, the guys from IOTech are currently down in Cheltenham at a top secret location, but we all know what that is. Um, taking part in the start of the program and um, the companies who were on the first iteration of this accelerator I think nearly all of them went on to get funded so this is big news and again we hope to have someone from IOTech on this podcast to tell us a bit more about their company and also what it's like being on the GCHQ accelerator because that just sounds so cool.
3: Right, uh, events coming up over the next uh, couple of weeks or a month or so in between our podcasts. Um, So looking at the calendar, uh, events that are listed on the calendar at the moment are Python Sheffield, .NET Sheffield, Sheffield Ruby, WordPress Sheffield, UX Sheffield, and there's another code up on the 15th, which is in the evening of the same day that we're running the digital conference. Um, So they're all happening uh, over the next month Um, Anyone, uh, all the meetup organisers who are not listed on the uh, calendar but whose events are happening um, make sure that you've got your events added to the Open Tech calendar so it pulls through Um, or if you use meetup.com to to manage your events uh, make sure that you've got the the sync link in there um, that's pulling your event information into Open Tech calendar and then from there into our calendar and onto Slack that would be great um, and I, Mel can talk about the other things that are going on because it's Startup Weekend and a few other things.
2: Yeah, yeah so um, Startup Weekend is running at the University of Sheffield again uh, from the 17th to the 19th of November. The last time I saw something from them, they said there were only five tickets left, so maybe by the time you hear this that it's all sold out, but this is an event that goes from strength to strength and uh, quite often spins out some really interesting ideas for companies. So we wish them every success. Um, We're assuming they've got their mentors and everything lined up already, but I know they always like to hear from anyone who might like to sponsor uh, anything that goes on at the weekend. Um, There's also a speed networking event for digital companies to meet several large international manufacturing companies at Factory 2050 on the 16th of November. Now, um, if you're interested in taking part uh, in this, there's more information on the Sheffield Digital website, and if you go to the calendar on our website, look at the 16th of November, you'll be able to pick up the Eventbrite link. What you need to do is register an interest via that Eventbrite link, and you need to do that by five o'clock on Friday, the 10th of November then the organisers will look at all the companies who've registered an interest and they will select who gets to come along and meet the manufacturers. Um, But I would encourage lots of you to get in touch and um, show the AMRC and the Knowledge Transfer Network how much interest there is in doing this kind of thing in Sheffield. And then, um, as Chris has already mentioned, uh, our conference, Sheffield Digital Conference, is on the 15th of November and um, you'll be able to watch it on the live stream if you haven't been able to get a ticket.
3: Yeah. I should just probably clarify, it's not our conference. It's not the Sheffield Digital Conference. It's Sheffield's first annual digital conference, uh, which we're working with the Council on producing. Um, And on that note, I think that's it for us. So we're going to hand back to Ian to close out. Go for it, Ian. Bye, everyone.
0: Well, thank you, Chris. That's expertly done. All I've got to say really is that you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Apple Podcasts or whichever app that you prefer. I've recommended before and I shall do so again, Overcast for iOS and Pocket Casts for Android. You can find out more about the show and what subscribing actually means um, at sheffield.digital slash podcast. And and finally, please spread the word. um, If you are a person who works in the digital sector in Sheffield and you think that this show is useful, please tell someone who currently doesn't know about it. And, um, and that would do nicely. That's it. Until next time.